a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic. Before the dark times. Before the Empire. Welcome back to Starlight Beacon, a Star Wars High Republic podcast. It's been a while, so just as a reminder, this is Gary, and as always, I am joined by the Rudy Librarian himself, Brian. Hello, Mr. Brian. Hello. What, what is that voice? What? What was that voice you just did? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I have a few voices, a few different personalities I like to unveil from time to time. I'll hold on to that. I'll hold on to him, you know, so you can be surprised in future episodes and seasons. I like it. I like it. What if you just did a different voice every time and people are like, we don't know who Brian is. What does he actually sound like? That would sound great. I, I think that's a good plan. I also think that I should come up with a different, like, uh, line that would be mine for every episode. You know, like something I could just ch- shout out or, or chant or be excited. Like, maybe this episode I'll be like, Rocky loves Emily. Rocky loves, and then that'll be my line. Yeah, how is that related to Star Wars, though? I don't think it is. No, it's related to Three Ninjas. Three Ninjas could be related to Star Wars. They should do, like, um, a Star Wars version of Three Ninjas. That, w- that would be great. That'd be really cool. Um, it's been a long time since we chatted about Star Wars in a podcast form, Brian. Uh, sorry, listeners, Brian and I have, uh, it's been, you know, uh, it's been some stuff going on, as I feel like it already is, but Brian and I made the decision that for the next few months, at least, we will be doing uh, one episode per month, um, mostly because there's a lot of reading that we're going to have to be doing. Um, we've got a lot of High Republic books coming out soon, so we want to make sure we can dedicate full episodes to those and um, read those in appropriate time. So, we will be reading uh, those books over the summer with one episode per month. And if we have time, we'll be doing more, obviously. But that's our goal right now. But we promise you great content um, for those episodes. And with that being said, Brian, we have some, uh, some Star Wars news to get to. But before we get to that, I want to ask you, what is new in your life in regards to Star Wars? Well, like many people, I've been watching The Bad Batch. I think I'm caught up on it right now. Yeah, that, that's uh, and great. Really been enjoying that. Uh, I was not as traumatized by uh, a recent episode as some people were. Uh, I, I guess I shouldn't throw out spoilers, but I will say a connection to Re- Return of the Jedi uh, in a recent episode that hurt some people's hearts. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I liked that he, I liked that it was in the episode. But I wasn't, like, emotionally damaged. I don't know. I mean, I think we could throw out some spoilers here. Um, if you're listening to a Star Wars book podcast, you're probably watching Star Wars shows. Are you talking about the Rancor? Yes. 
I, I don't know if it's been confirmed that that's the same rancor that Luke Skywalker drops a door on. Maybe it's maybe I, it's that rancor's mom. I think they said his name was like Moochie or something like that, or Mochi. Yeah, Star Wars is killing it with the cute uh, cutesy names now. I love that. The Disney era of Star Wars is full of cutesy names. Absolutely. My wife hates the name Grogu, so she makes us still call him Baby Yoda. But I'm like, no, in this house, we call him Grogu. <laughs> this, look, we don't have a lot of rules in this house. Uh, you, you know, roll the toilet paper over the top. Yes. You make sure that you close the refrigerator door when you're done. And we call him Grogu. Yeah, I'm gonna put up a list of rules in my my like in my house, and that's gonna be one of them. Is make sure you call him Grogu and make the bed like when you're done sleeping. I wake up way before my wife, and she wakes up after me. Like all I ask is that she makes the bed. Right now, I'm sitting in my bed recording, and it's not made, and I'm unhappy about it. <laughs> Do you make the bed when you wake up? I flip my side of the sheets over, you yeah. know, so that they're they're covering the 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 under sheet, but that's primarily because my dog will get up on my side of the bed and I will find like nasty dog stuff all over my side of the bed. So I'm I'm protecting my own sleep. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. I understand. Does your wife make the bed when she gets up or she just flip her sheets up too? Sometimes she does. Okay. It's just it's so nice to get into a fresh freshly made bed. Yeah, um, I don't know that I care a whole lot. I mean, like I think <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's my thing. But we we all have our things, you know. Uh, I like it makes me feel like I'm at a hotel, so I like to get in my bed. The sheets feel fresh every night when I go to bed. I get into my fresh sheets and I read my whatever Star Wars book I'm reading at that time. And as I am in my bed right now, let me reach to my nightstand. I am currently reading Thrawn Ascendancy. The greater good. I think I messaged you about this earlier, Brian. I am loving this book. And I'm not a Thrawn fan, but this book is awesome. I've seen people talking about it. So I've not read any Thrawn book ever. And so I know that that immediately gets me ejected from the Star Wars fandom. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, but I will say that I've heard really, really great things about it. And I plan on reading all the Thrawn books. So I'm, I'm very interested to see because especially that book i've seen a lot of positive things the first one the first thrawn ascendancy took me a while to get through it's just a lot of tough names a lot of characters to keep track of but um once you kind of get into that universe and that feel the second book is a real breeze and it's really fun yeah so i am also reading a star wars book um really i'm doing the audiobook for it and I'm doing uh, Victory's Price, the last book in the Alphabet Squadron book. That's not how you say that. The last book in the Alphabet Squadron series. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm reading uh, uh, or listening to uh, Victory's Price. And I, I'm i only about like seven or so chapters in right now. Uh, but I will say that already I'm like, I'm not sure where they're going with this. And I'm really interested to see. Because, and I'm, I'm going to, again, sort of try to avoid some spoilers here, but if you've read the Alphabet Squadron series, at the end of book two, there's like this big thing that happens, like a big deal. And the beginning of book three, you're sort of left wondering, is where is that character really at internally? You know? Tread lightly, Brian. I am still in the middle of Shadowfall. Yeah. So you're just kind of left like tr wondering, 
is everything that I went through emotionally at the end of the last book, is it permanent or is it not permanent? I'll say that. Oh. So, so now I know there's something cool to look forward to because I am uh, I'm listening to Shadowfall and it's taken me a while to get to get into it. Um, I don't know if it's the audiobook format, but I also really struggled to get into Twilight Company, also written by Alexander Freed. So maybe maybe his books just don't translate well to audiobooks for me because I really liked Alphabet Squadron, but Shadowfall is kind of taken me a while to get into. Yeah. Well, I hope that you get further and you end up falling in love with it, but. And I will say too, my next Star Wars book after I get done with Victory's Price is Chewbacca and the Forest of Fear. Yeah, so. greatest book ever written. <laughs> I was on a Star Wars Instagram, a Star Wars book Instagram page today, not ours, but another one, and they were ranking like their. I don't remember the page, otherwise I'd give them a plug. Uh, Star Wars book collector, maybe SW book collector, might be what it is. They're ranking like their their underrated Star Wars books, and they had Chewbacca, Mighty Chewbacca, at number five, um, and then they had Most Wanted, which I know both of us really liked at number three. So I was excited to see those. Nice. Oh, you liking... go ahead. Good, good. No, I was going to ask you liking Bad Batch though. I am. I am liking Bad Batch. I wish that when I was watching it, I could focus a little bit more with two you know, elementary age kids, sometimes it's a little bit of uh, putting out fires in the middle of trying to watch anything. Um, but uh, I, I really, really have liked what I've seen. So, are they, are, do your kids watch it with you? Sometimes, just depends on the day. Like when my kids will sit still and watch it, they're like, oh my gosh, I love this. But like, I got to like catch them on the right day for them to do that. Because sometimes I put it on and they're like, jumping off the couch and like throwing stuffed monkeys at the ceiling fan and trying to wrestle with our dog, you know? So it's like, I'm everywhere, but yeah, you need like, you need some Brian time to dedicate 24 minutes to watch bad batch alone by yourself. Maybe after they go to sleep, perhaps I, I will say not related to Bad Batch, but I have something I'm really excited about that I told you about, I think, yesterday, which is my very last book that I was waiting for in the adult canon novels is uh, on its way to me in the mail right now. And it is, I've already read it. I owned it before and I sold it like a fool. What a fool <laughs> I was. But I have managed to rebuy or purchase over time every adult canon novel and I've got every young adult canon novel. So now I've got to work on the graphic novels, comics and memoir uh, comics and middle grade books. But um, the last adult book I needed was Lords of the Sith, uh, which is a phenomenal book. Um, and I'm super excited to have that come in. I do love Lords of the Sith, and that's really exciting that you you, you track that down because I've never seen a hardcover version of that. I've only seen it in paperback. Yeah, it's it. I prefer hardcovers, and so I just kind of threw out it. I was in search of it, and uh, I got lucky. I had a couple people respond, um, but if you've never read Lords of the Sith, guys, y'all need to check it out because it's like it's Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine on a planet. And there's also some of uh, Harrison Dula's father. Uh, what was his name? Was it Cham? 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 Cham Sandula, yep. Yeah, Cham Sandula. Uh, so there's some great connections. And you kind of get to see some of the making of Darth Vader in that book, I think. Absolutely. Um, I equated it to my friend 
wanted to read it. And he's like, what, what, what is it like? I'm like, you know the movie Aliens, which is awesome, the James Cameron 1986 masterpiece? It's like that, but with Darth Vader fighting aliens. And he's like, that sounds rad. I'm like, it is rad. It is rad. <laughs> yeah, that's good. 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 Uh, you you have a hardcover version of Tarkin? I used to have a hardcover version of Tarkin. The only book I have in my collection right now that is not hardcover is I, I have Rise of the Empire, which has ah. Tarkin and a new, a new Dawn. Uh, and I used to have both of those in hardcover, but I sold them both. And again, like a fool. And I was going to say, if you had a hardcover version of Tarkin, that could pay for your kid's college. Yeah. <laughs> that thing is valuable. I, I would love to eventually have hardcover versions of both of those again, but probably won't happen. Yeah, Tarkin is a tough... I think both of them are tough to track down. I also have the Rise of the Empire book of both of those. And there's a couple of fun short stories in there, too. Yeah, and those short stories are only in that. So even if I did find those hardcovers, I wouldn't get rid of Rise of the Empire because I would lose those short stories. We are such book nerds. We are, and that's a good thing. Speaking of book nerds, my book nerdiness is off the charts right now. Um, I'm typically not a person who collects variants. Uh, I like to get exclusives and hard to find things, but um, with books, I tend to just do like no the normal covers. But High Republic is just spoiling us with variants. We have The Rising Storm coming out 21 days from our recording. Uh, it's going to be 20 days from the time you listen to this, or maybe in the future, I don't know. Um, the Rising Storm is coming out June 28th, and there are like 63 variants of this book. I might be exaggerating there. It might only be 62, but there's so many variants coming out. Like, they're pushing this book so hard. We have a Target-exclusive version. Uh, we have the standard version. We have a Barnes & Noble version, which comes with a poster. There is a um, British version, which we couldn't remember the name of, that has painted edged paper. Uh, I think they're green edges on the paper, and it's signed. And then there's the out-of-print version, which I am so excited for, which I will also be getting, which has this amazing uh, artwork on the cover with, I think it's, is it Stellan Garros? Uh, Stellan Geos fighting Nile, like in, in, looks like on Coruscant. That just looks rad. Um, it's also going to be signed and also comes with a tote bag. So I'm about to drop a lot of money on variants of Rising Storm. Are you getting any variants of Rising Storm, Brian? I am just going to get the Target one. Um, and because I specifically like the, the cover of the Target one. So it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, there's so many variants that we couldn't really probably explain what's on every single cover. But for me, the characters that are on the cover of the Target one are super exciting. Um, so I may have talked about this before, but um, I have two beautiful children that I love that I adopted. And I am a white man with two black children. And so for me, one of the most valuable things that you can do in literature, especially in the sort of nerd cultures that I love, is give me some black representation because I want my kids to see characters that look like them. And on the uh, the cover and the target one, I believe the, the we have a, a uh, black character front and center. We do. That is true. Um, and that's a great cover. I like it better than the... The regular cover, which is kind of uh, kind of boring, but have you seen the out of print cover? I have, and, I, and I, it's, it's the coolest artwork in Star Wars ever. Not only is it beautiful, and I love out of print, but I, but uh, 
And I think out of print does a lot of great things. But I will say like the one thing I don't like about the out of print covers, the thing that kind of turns me off to them a little bit is I really like having the title on the front. And mm. and the out of print covers usually, I, I think they only have it on the spine if they even have it on the dust jackets or whatever. Yes, so. you're you are correct. I'm looking at it right now. I have the out of print version of Light of the Jedi and the regular version of Light of the Jedi. And I'm going to probably just get all the out of print versions as well going forward. They're expensive though, and they're very limited. I anticipate this sells out pretty quick. Yeah. It I, comes, with, comes with a bag. That's kind of cool. It is. And the first one had those socks in the pin, which is awesome. I almost wore those socks the other day, but I'm like, no, I can't. I can't wear these socks, but they're pretty cool. Yeah. We also so have, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, so yeah, tons, tons of, of different versions. I'm going to just buy the one, but you know, for the completest, uh, start selling kidneys now. I have already pre I already have the target version and the regular version pre-ordered and I'll probably get the, I mean, I'll definitely get the out of print version. So we'll see which ones I end up keeping, but, um, really so excited for that. That's June 28th or June 20. Yeah. June 29th. Sorry. Also June 29th is race to crash point tower, which is going to be really exciting. Um, I have, I don't know if there's any variants of that. I haven't seen any variants yet. Have you? I don't think I have. No, and I don't think they did any variants of the other one that was, what was the other young reader called? Yeah, it's the same as Test of Courage. So it's a middle grade uh, novel. This one, Wish to Crash Point Tower, is by Daniel Jose Older. Um, and that's going to take place at the same time as Rising Storm. So that comes out June 29th. Um, and then we have the young adult novel coming out July 27th. And that is Out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland. So those 30 days are going to just be a whirlwind of excitement. I can't wait. Three new books. And then Out of the Shadows has standard cover and then has a Target and Walmart exclusive cover as well. So you're just killing me with all these variants, man. Yeah. And such good books uh, so far. So it's only set our expectations ridiculously high. And later on this year, we get Showdown at the Fair, which is like the children's book that's going to kind of um, recap Rising Storm, I believe. And then we have the audiobook Tempest Runner coming out August, the end of August. I believe that's August 29th or August 30th. So in this, while well, it's not the sec, I guess it's the second wave of High Republic stories. It's still part of the first, uh, first section, first phase, that's how they're, they're, they're calling it. So this is the second wave of the first phase. Oh my God, we're going to be doing this podcast forever. I'm okay with that. I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> are, so are, you really gonna buy, are, are you going to buy the children's book the, like we did with the, the Great Jedi Rescue? Do you think you'll keep getting those? Yes, definitely. Are you, they're $5, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe because they're $5. Because my kids are not so much likely to pick those up. So I'm like, I'm kind of torn, you know. They have stickers and they're $5. I'm just a completionist. Yeah. <laughs> They're five dollars, Brian. You can you can not buy that, that vinyl this month. You'll be fine. Uh <laughs> wait a second now. <laughs> that vinyl, you know, by the time that comes out, that vinyl could be the next backyard superheroes vinyl or something, and I'm definitely gonna get that. Ain't nobody want that. Come on, man. Yeah, I, I need I need a big vinyl cover 
with like all my favorite backyard superhero people, including that one weirdo that's always wearing the short shorts. I don't know who that is. That, that guy's so handsome. So the other big news that we got in the past uh, month is another Marvel Comics limited uh, limited series that we're going to be getting this summer, and that is Trail of Shadows. And that sounds awesome. Just by the title, Trail of Shadows just sounds really cool. They're, we even talked about this as a side note. The titles for these High Republic books all just sound really cool. They the do. I, I will storm. say... Lots of light, lots of dark, lots of shadows. I will say I, I worry about it getting too redundant, right? Because we have Out of the Shadows, Trail of Shadows. Yeah. I, I worry about it becoming sort of generic. And I, and I mean, I'm a positive person. I don't usually complain about anything. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited for the series. The whole premise, the idea of it, I'm like, bring it on. And I'm excited. To, I'm definitely going to you know get every issue and read it. But I am I'm worried about that sort of repetitive feeling in the titles. Even though I do like the titles, I just don't want them to keep doing them where they sound so similar. Yeah, so Trail of Shadows is going to be written by Daniel Jose Older as well, with art by David Watcher, published by Marvel Comics. So this is a Marvel Comics series. Um, and it is going to follow a Jedi by the name of Emmerich Kapthor. Kapthor? I don't know how to pronounce it, obviously, yet who we haven't met in the High Republic. And she's going to be on a special kind of undercover mission with private detective Cian Holt. Um, and they're going to be investigating the shocking events at the Republic Fair that take place during the Rising Storm. So some of what I've read is that this is like a, a detective story, Sherlock Holmes type of story. And, and that just sounds so cool. Yeah, it does sound really good. They And they showed some pictures from it. In the Star Wars High Republic show, uh, which, you know, they do like once a month on YouTube. It was the third episode. And so it was cool to see those characters. And, you know, because some of the names are a little bit, you know, they're they're not necessarily like gendered names. So if you don't have like a description, like, for instance, the main character, Amrick or whatever, is a guy and Cyan is a girl. Okay. Um, but it does look... <laughs> As far as I know, you know, uh, but it does, it just looks so good. It looks so good. And I don't know if we have a release date for that. I think it's going to be in 2021, probably end of summer, fall, because we also have the High Republic Adventures Monster of Temple Peak, which we talked about in our last uh, episode. And that's the four issue comic by Kevin Scott that's coming in August as well. And that, that also just sounds so good, man. We are just so spoiled with cool content. Absolutely. In other news, we also have Justina Ireland, who's writing a series for Star Wars Insider called Hidden Danger. Um, the first part of that story, I believe, is in the current June issue, either in the June or July issue of Star Wars Insider. And Star Wars Insider has always done this. They've always had short stories, but they've specifically been doing High Republic stories this year. So that's exciting, especially with Justina Ireland um, writing that. I haven't read it yet. So the one other thing I want to talk about before we jump into our IDW comics today is we've got Starlight Beacon merchandise. Starlight Beacon merchandise now available on TeePublic with our logo. You can get it on a coffee mug, a phone charger. Um, I got it on a nice red and white baseball tee. It looks really sharp. So head over to TeePublic. They always have sales like every weekend, it seems, where things are like... 35 40 percent off 
So um, we get a little cut of that, but uh, just support the show. Get a cool shirt, show it off to your friends. Who like, check out this podcast. They're really funny guys, and one of them doesn't like the Goonies. And is wrong. Yeah, I mean, uh, okay. <laughs> that was my retort. I, yeah, I mean, uh, okay. <laughs> We've got other hot takes besides the Goonies, if that's what you need to entice your friends to listen to the podcast. Like at some point... We can go into why Gary thinks that Batman Forever is the best Batman movie ever. Um, <laughs> I, and honestly, I, I I don't have much to argue with. It's not my favorite Batman movie, but it's a good Batman movie. Yeah, I don't like Michael Keaton there. I said it. I said it. And we love ska music. So if you want people, if you want to listen to a podcast where guys talk about Star Wars books, ska, and not liking Michael Keaton Batman, this is the show for you. We really are limiting our, our fan base there. <laughs> and if you disagree with any of us, just buy. See you later. <laughs> but you could buy a shirt while you're at it, though, just to be like, I hate these guys. Let me buy a shirt. All right. Buy it. It's like, that always makes me laugh. Like the people who like write because they're like mad at like, like, for instance, J.K. Rowling. They got, you know, they, they think that her writing is, is evil and like promoting witchcraft or whatever. And they're like, so we bought a bunch of your books and burned them. Well, yeah. cool you just made me a ton of money like you know like like if you get mad at me please buy stuff with my merchandise and, and then burn it yeah it's like that there's no such thing as bad press right right <laughs> i i mean that's even we see that in star wars fandom don't we how many people complain about the disney era of star wars but you know that they're buying everything watching everything watching it multiple times and you think disney really cares what your opinion is they don't they do care that you continue to buy things. That that's so. what they care about. Absolutely. Speaking of buying, I bought uh, two new comics, and that is IDW Star Wars High Republic Adventures issue three and four. That's what we'll be talking about today. Um, we have both gone on record of saying that we, I don't want to compare things, but we we probably prefer the High Republic Adventures from IDW to the Marvel line, and the Marvel line is fantastic. It's terrific. But I just find this this story a lot more compelling um, and, and, and a little bit more fun, too. So we have two issues here that have some really, really heavy drama and some good, good humor as well. So a really nice balance. Um, I find myself looking forward to reading the IDW comics more than anything else that I read on my pull list for that month. So it's, it's pretty much my favorite comic going right now. Well, and I really I mean, it's hard to say because I really like both series a lot. What I do want to say is that I think both series, after their next episode or issue, right? So IDW issue five and Marvel <laughs> issue six, I think that's where they cut off for their first trade paperback. Also, yes. So, um, so if you are a if you're interested and you're a single issue person, then you need to start collecting pretty soon because you're going to get into the second um, sort of the second trade of those. Um, I always like to, if, if I'm going to get into something, I try not to get in in the middle of a, of a, what's going to be a trade. I like to pick it up at the beginning. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, are you going to be getting the trades for, for both? I am. So even though I bought the issues and I, I try not to do this too much cause it can be expensive. I bought the issues digitally. Um, and, and I sort of justified that as that, like my son can read them on the iPad yeah. and, and then I, um, I'm going to get the trade paperbacks to go on my shelf because I have to keep uh, adding to my shelf for the Sunday shelfies. So, <laughs> Plus, we're higher Republic completionists. I do the same. I get digital copies. Um, 
But I again, I justify that by saying I'm going to get uh, the trade paperback. So I'll be contributing that way. So initial thoughts of these two these two issues. What are what are your your feelings coming out of them? Good, bad, ugly. I think that they're really good. Um, I think that there are maybe a couple moments in these two issues of the IDW that were misses for me, but overall, really, really good. And definitely, um, some of the stuff, and and I'll speak to this more specifically here in a minute. But some of the stuff, sort of early in issue th- three, uh, was. I thought very, very powerful writing, like some of the best writing I've seen um, just for a, a, the first few pages. It was just very deeply emotional and moving and, and uh, symbolically resonant. You know, there was some good metaphor there. So well, before we jump into that, let's just do a recap real quick of issue three, just in a couple sentences. Where we left off in issue two, uh, Zine had discovered her force powers and was kind of taken under the wing of uh, Jedi Knight Lula um, and had returned to Starlight Beacon where she was now going to begin to train as a Jedi and under the watchful eye of all the Jedi Masters there. Meanwhile, uh, her friend Crix, who had felt betrayed because in their society they were kind of brought up not to trust or like uh, Jedis or force users. Um, Crix had tagged along with an elder from the planet, Elder Tromac, I believe is how you pronounce his name, um, with the Nile and Marky and Roe. And um, that is kind of where we left the story. So Crix is with Marky and Roe and the Nile and Zine, uh, his best friend, is now with Lula and the Jedi. So on completely different paths. And um, to your point, there's some very powerful, powerful writing early on. I think you're going to cover what the powerful storytelling with Zine is, and I, I can talk about what happens with Crix if you like. Sure. So, go so ahead. It's, it sort of starts out with Crix and Zine listening to hollow messages from each other. Um, they've been kind of sending each other messages and sort of trying to sort through their emotions and stuff. But one of the things that I really, really loved is Zine. Um, she starts talking about how... Um, the the Jedi weren't who they always thought they were and that everybody's been really welcoming to her and made her feel special, made her feel like she fits in. And that for the first time, she really feels like she can be fully herself because all this time she's been hiding the fact that she was a force user because in her community, being a force user is not acceptable. Like you said, right? It's, it's, it's bad. And to me, and, and very appropriate here in the middle of Pride Month, but it, I saw that as sort of uh, parallel to a lot of the stories that we see LGBTQ people go through, um, feeling like they have to hide who they are uh, because they won't be accepted, because they'll be rejected or hated by the people that they love most. And when they're finally able to fully be themselves, uh, there's like a, a deep level of freedom in that. Um, a great a great example, and I'm not trying to steer off of Star Wars too much, but um, Gary and I being Ska fans, um, we've talked about this a little bit, but there's a, a band called We Are The Union that just put out a new album, and basically the whole album is dealing with the lead singer Reed uh, coming out as a trans woman, and uh, and it's just it's a powerful album for that reason, I think, because you're, you're, you kind of get to process all of those emotions along with Reed, and, and so... We kind of get to do that 
um, with Zine here. It's it's very brief, but I just really got those vibes in those first early pages, and I thought that was a very uh, beautiful, well written uh, story. Completely agree. Um, and I think we both said that this is a character that we really, really like, and we want to see kind of where this story takes her as well. I can see her being a very powerful force user in the future too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the power she showed the first time she unleashed in those early episodes when she had no idea what she was doing. Um, I mean, imagine when she's been trained to really tap into the force. Absolutely. Crix, on the other hand, is going is going in a dark path. So the early pages of the of issue three follow um, Crix and Elder Tromac um, as they speak with Mark Inro, and he is trying to get a an ancient relic from their people. But uh, the Tromac is the the keeper of this information, and he is the last person uh, of their species or, or their community who knows where the relic is kept. But Crix you know, says, hey, why don't you tell me so at least, you know, one of, so there potentially will be a survivor who knows how, where the relic is held because um, Ro is sending them to to battle in the battle arena with a giant nasty creatures, remnants of uh, Attack of the Ending of Attack of the Clones, which I thought was fun. Um, they escape that when Ro and the Nile find the hollow, um, hollow vids that Crix had been making with Zine and Crix immediately sells out Tromac and says that it was his hollow, uh, what's it called, hollow projector. Uh, um, and then Tromac is, is brought to his death. So Crix, who had one person that he trusted, Elder Tromac there, sells him out um, and is kind of a coward when, when he does so. Um, and then has the information about the ancient relic and I believe tells Ro about it. So it's a real dark turn for that character there. Yeah, and, and I'm interested to see, too, like, because I don't know, I didn't see Tromac killed on screen. He did not, it, no, he was not, but they implied that that was what his fate was going to be, I guess. Right, so I'm interested to see, did it really happen or not? Because everything, there's no reason why it wouldn't have, but if it didn't, that could lead to some interesting moments later where he's sort of confronted again with his, you know, community member that he you know, sold out to his death. So I'm interested to see if it really happened or not. It may have, and that would be fine. But if not, it could be really interesting as well. Yeah, and that was heartbreaking. I actually felt pretty emotional about that. I said, wow, that really sucks. Like, he trusted this kid, and he told him, like, his secret that he was vow he vowed never to tell, and then he sold him out. Um, and, again, it's not said, but you know that Ro knew that that was Crix's hollow projector. He totally knew. Yeah, well, like there's a moment later where Ro is like, "Listen, I, I I'm the eye. Like mm -hmm. I see everything. Like I he does kind of tell him this is yours, and 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 I've been I know what you've been doing, but that's okay because we're going to use it now to trap people." Yeah, I'm wondering where this this character of Crix goes. Could he be an apprentice for Ro? Um, you know, we know Ro is is a master manipulator. I could see him. You know. Totally, he, he obviously is in this comic, but even into the future, just completely exploiting Crix and turning him almost to the dark side. And I think that's an interesting, interesting way that the story might go. Well, and if you look at the cover of issue number five, which obviously isn't out yet, um, it shows him with his hands behind his back, sort of like 
it feels like he's sort of in that student role to Mark Monroe. And so I think that may be where it's headed. Um, and it, what's so what's so heartbreaking uh, about that scene that you talked about too is he shows no remorse at all. He's not like he didn't struggle to sell out his his friend or community member leader or whatever. He just is like, it's him or me. Peace out. See you yeah. later. You're dead. Yep. And that makes him. It makes it, when 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 characters are like that to me. It's like he's not a very redeemable character. Like. If all of a sudden tomorrow he turned and like ended up being a force user and turned to the light or, or did something like that, I would be like, I don't like him, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's interesting when we get to um, issue four, he does struggle with his with the, the role that Roe thrusts him into when he has to he's told to kill that um, that bird like creature on the junk planet. He, he does have that conflict of, of should he do it or not. Yeah, well, and it's uh, that's interesting because in some ways it seems like he's struggling, and in other ways it seems like he's not. Like he fires a lot of shots at him, you know, but does he do it right when he should? At the beginning, no, and then it almost seems like he's doing it out of desperation to protect himself. It feels like there's nothing that he won't do to protect himself. It's not necessarily that he's like this vicious bad person who's out trying to hurt other people but if it means protecting himself there's no ends to what he'll do yeah so before we move on to everything that happens in issue four in issue three there's some really fun jedi moments that i know you wanted to talk about yeah i'm glad you went back because and, <laughs> and one of them starts in issue three and has a payoff in issue four and that is we have this moment where they want to talk to Zine about being at the, the Jedi Academy, basically. And they're like, okay, well, we need to, you know, the all the masters are coming to talk to you. And literally, like, every master, you know, like, like five or six different masters walk through the door all to talk to Zine, which I think would be really intimidating. Um, and especially when some of them are, like, the size of buckets of blood, right? <laughs> but in the midst of that... They're, they've all come to talk to her, but like Yoda comes with like pastries that he baked. And the fact that Yoda likes to bake pastries is amazing. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> just bring, bring it on. I like this being an extra thing about Yoda. And it has a payoff in issue four because they go to engage in battle at one point in their, in their ships. And uh, we get this line from Buckets of Blood where he's like, all right, but let's wrap this up quick because I got that pastry recipe from Yoda and I left them in the oven. And it's like, that is awesome. I love it. Yeah, the characterization of Yoda as maybe this like pastry chef is just, it's so fun. And I kind of hope like even during like the Clone Wars era when Yoda was just like stressed out, he's like, all right, I'm just going to make some cookies and, and think through this. And then he, or or if he shows up to the Jedi Council and is like, "I brought cookies, Mace. I know you have that gluten allergy, so I brought some gluten free cookies for you." Kiati Mundi, I know you like oatmeal, so I brought you some oatmeal cookies. Like in my head canon, that's what happens now. Right, and you, I know that you are blue milk lactose intolerant, so I made <laughs> these with green milk. So, <laughs> yeah, Yoda the pastry chef is excellent, and maybe that's why he was like so bummed out being on Dagobah. Like all he had to. He didn't have, he couldn't bake. Yeah. I mean, it's, listen, when you're passionate about something and you're forced to not do it, 
I mean, like, yes, he likes training Jedi, but have you tried Yoda's lemon squares? I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, remember he stole Luke's food, and it did look like it was kind of a like a cookie or something. So he's probably just like, this is the closest I've gotten to a cookie in a long time. Isn't that like where he like beats Luke with his stick, and he's like, mine, mine? <laughs> yes, because he hasn't had a cookie in 25 years. And it's yeah, he's like, it. do you know what I've given up? <laughs> Oh, I love that Yoda has a sweet tooth as well. Absolutely. We knew he was mischievous, and it's probably just because he's all sugared up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. So issue four, we have the the Nile are now on, uh, it's kind of setting a trap for the Jedi, correct? Yeah. Based on those hollow projectors, the idea is we're going to lead them to to rescue Crix but really we're going to be we're going to be prepared for him which is really ambitious because that's a lot of jedi it is and i'm going to say like the the first scene where they the jedi all load up into their ships and take off and like immediately are like it looks like they're blown out of the sky like the second they get out there because it was a trap yeah. I was like, did this just work? Did they just kill? Like, is this what High Republic's going to be like? Are we going Are we going Game of Thrones where we just kill off a bunch of Jedi that we're introduced to? Like, well, buckets of blood's gone. But that... if, if you remember Light of the Jedi, that was like the first quarter of that book was just killing off people. Right. And so I'm like, are we continuing that trend? Like, did we just lose Avar Chris or something? Oh, but God. no. I... As long as Yoda's still around. Yeah, we know Yoda can't die because he's he's there later. But he's the only one that's officially safe. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's because he's full of sugar. <laughs> that's right. Listen, when you've had as many lemon bars as he has, there is and you've got the force. Can you imagine being like incredibly high like hyper on sugar with the force? Like what kind of weird things could happen? <laughs> Yeah, that would be cool. That you know, that is actually this just takes me on a whole different tangent. Like we've never seen like a force user also be on like drugs or narcotics. Can you like that would be an interesting take? That would be an interesting take. Um, but back, to, I think that I'm going to make a bold prediction here. Here we go, Brian. It is nine thirty eight Eastern Standard Time, which I guess that's eight thirty eight your time. Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. I know how I know how math works. The High Republic will end in a showdown between Yoda and Marching Roe, where Yoda tricks him into eating cookies, but Roe has a peanut allergy, and there's peanuts in the cookies, and that's how he defeats the Nile, dropping the mic. And and afterwards, he's like, oh, don't have your EpiPen? <laughs> or EpiPen, EpiPen you, you do have? not have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for all of you who are deeply allergic to things, uh, we apologize if we've uh, offended. So we get to see the Jedi vectors in action um, visually for the first time. Those things are cool. I need a Lego set of a Jedi vector like yesterday. A hundred percent. Why have they not done that yet? They haven't done any of the uh, of the Lego sets or any merchandise for High Republic yet. And then there's a great little panel, too, at the end of... Um, issue four where Lula is driving and there's like four other Jedi crammed in the, in the cockpit with her, which is super fun. Yeah. They've gone to rescue. Uh, what's her name again? Zine. I'm so Zine. bad with names. Zine. Huh? Zine. Yes. They've gone to rescue her. I don't know why I suck at names so much. 
They've gone to rescue her, and they're like, we can probably all fit in there. And <laughs> they do fit in, but it's like super crammed. And that's what I was saying. Like, I that's why I love this this book. It really encompasses that Star Wars feel of like heavy drama. Um, we saw, like, like you said, the, the symbolism with with scene, the really dark, dark stuff going on with Pricks, and then Yoda's baking cookies, and we're having like four people cram into a cockpit. So, like, we've got the balance of drama and humor in it. It's really fun. And I've got to say, with like the other Padawans and stuff like that. What I really love now, some people probably hate this, right? When you look at like the prequels and you look at the younglings and and the Padawans, it's very structured. It's very formal. It's very like, like serious. That is not what's happening with the Padawans and stuff here. They're playing games. They're doing cartwheels and flips with each other. They're making jokes and they're all cramming into this ship together for good purpose. That's it's a serious purpose, but the fact that they're crammed in the way they are is humorous and lighthearted and funny and i i think that we it 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 brings youthfulness to the youth connected to the jedi and that's something that's good that's needed i think yes and we've mentioned it a few times that there's the focus of the high republic seems to be on a lot of these young jedi kind of coming into their own yeah i I have to talk about Oh, sorry, I was gonna say I have to talk about two, and I, if you if you need to get back to something, we can come back to it. But the uh, the crow people, yeah. So I, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but they remind me so much of something. I don't know where they're from, um, like sort of Wizard of Ozzy, or like maybe just the Wiz, you know. But like, I feel like I've seen crow people characters that look just like that in something and maybe they were even muppets i don't know but i'm like it's kind of driving me crazy i kind of i'm like where have i seen this before i totally was thinking the same thing it does look like um falcon from star fox you ever played star fox or super smash brothers a long time ago yeah, there's a character who looks just like that. But yes, I think there's something else that they they resemble. And we can't think of it. And when we do, we will post it on the internet. But I can't think of it right now either. I thought it might have been somebody in a disguise. Because it kind of looked like a disguise. I didn't think that. Oh. I just thought, like, I've seen <laughs> these. I thought either I've seen these before. Were they in... The never-ending story, or were they in uh, Labyrinth, or were they in The Dark Crystal, or were they in uh, The Wiz, which is not a Jim Henson movie? Dark Crystal. (laughs) Definitely a Dark Crystal vibe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you did just name a bunch of Jim Henson movies. Right. Were they in Muppet Treasure Island? That's it. Yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol. (laughs) (laughs) Jim Henson and I have the same birthday, by the way. Do you know that? I did not know that. Mm-hmm. We're, best were, you, we were. were you in Muppets in Space? <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> um, I've never seen Labyrinth, and my friend yelled at me the other day for that. Uh, that's probably another one that since you didn't grow up with it, you will not appreciate as much. Although, yeah, just like Never Ending Story. Bowie, I, don't really like, I don't really like Never Ending Story either. Dear God, man. <laughs> you reference Never Ending Story a lot. This is like the fourth time you've referenced that on this podcast. It's a good one. I've seen it a lot. 
I mean, well, it's, never, it, it wasn't one of my absolute favorite movies, but it was it was one I watched a lot as a kid. The horse drowns in quicksand. Is that what happens? It does happen. Yeah. Okay, that's and what breaks I everyone's heart. Yeah, that's what I remember. Again, that's another movie I did not see as a kid. I apparently didn't see any of these '80s like children's movies as a kid. But but how old were you when the '90s started? Um, four. Yeah, so that's probably I was eight. And I had two older sisters who exposed me to a lot of it. Got it. So I grew up with all the 90s movies a little bit more than the 80s movies. Yeah. And they didn't show those on TV very often. So whatever was on TV is kind of what I was into. Fair. Fair. So that kind of takes us to the end. So we're left at a cliffhanger where Lula is trying to go save Zine. Zine is off to see Crix. Crix is uh, turning to the dark side. And everything is kind of playing out the way that Mark Pienro wants. And I love that he's such a central character to this book. And all the Jedi Masters are on their way to that moon that, that Crix is on, which yeah. is what we think is the site of the trap. But they also are calling for backup. So yes. that will be interesting. And how anyone has time to back them up when they're also dealing with all of the... Uh, the Drangir taking over Starlight Beacon. <laughs> Right, there's crazy stuff happening with the drain gear. There's huts, there's uh, all sorts. Man, High Republic's got it all going on. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait for issue five. I think it comes out this week of us recording, I believe. So I'm going to jump into that because it looks like we're, we're getting ready for a climax almost of this, this little story arc here. Yep. So that's all I think we got to talk about this week. Um, forgot to mention up front, but on our next episode... We're going to be covering, because um, we won't have read The Rising Storm by then, most likely. We will be talking about um, Marvel Comics, uh, updating there, updating IDW. And there's a huge author's event happening on June is it June 26th. Did you sign up for that? I didn't, but I'll be on vacation, so I probably won't be able to watch it. Oh, it's June tw- Monday, June 28th at 6 p.m. Eastern. I signed up for it. It's free to sign up for it, but it's the High Republic virtual author event. They did this for the, the launch of the series and they're doing it again for the then kind of the next wave of the book. So I'm pretty excited for that. So hopefully we get some big news coming out of there. Yeah, I I I, I may try and catch a little bit of it. You know, I, I'll probably try and get in there or whatever. I don't think it's a I think you can still sign up for it. But yes, yeah. Um, I'll, I may try and get into a little bit of it, but it'll, you know, I'll be on vacation. I, I definitely will be trying to focus on my family as much as I can, and I'm already going to make them go to a Star Wars or to a Star Wars to a Target, uh, so I can go pick up my copy the day it comes out. So, um, while you're on vacation with your family, I'm going to I'm going to message you like relentlessly. You feel free to. Yeah, <laughs> my wife and my wife and kids will love that. <laughs> just just like Facetime me while you're there. It'll be like I'm on vacation with you guys. I will I will do that. Yeah, the whole time. It's not. It's not, I mean, I'm super excited about my vacation, but it's not like I'm going to like the beach or like uh, somewhere like I'm going, I'm going to Missouri, uh, <laughs> which I love. I've got family there, but uh, it's not like necessarily the most exciting place in the world. Sorry for any of our Missouri listeners. I don't know if you check the stats, Brian, but our, our largest uh, audience is in Missouri. Hmm. If they're from Missouri, they know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, 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 like I said, I love Missouri, but, um, and we're going to have a great time that we're, we're excited. We're going to go to the city museum, which we're excited about. 
Um, we're going to go see some really, I've been there before and it's great. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not like if you're like, I'm, I'm going to the beach. <laughs> Where are you going? I'm going to the Gateway Arch. You can go see the St. Louis Cardinals. I have seen them before and I am a fan of the Cardinals. Okay. I'm so more that, a fan of the Blues, St. Louis Blues. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is all we got for today. Anything you want to talk about or plug, Brian? Well, of course. Uh, so I, I definitely will say that I uh, still have some other stuff uh, that I, you know, I'm the Rudy Librarian on social media. Come find me. Uh, I'm doing book talks right now. My schedule on the book talks is a little messed up just because I'm transitioning from the normal school year to summer school to vacation. So it's not as as consistent as I'd like, but I'm working on that. Uh, I've got a podcast that's been going now. My third episode is going to come out to, tomorrow, which may, I don't know if uh, maybe the same day that this podcast comes out, my it'll be, uh, what is tomorrow? June 9th is when my third episode of my podcast for the Rudy Librarian will come out and I'm interviewing a guy named Jason Zymet, who is a really great guy who owns Unoriginal Vinyl and is a producer for Pick It Up Ska in the 90s. Um, so I'm super excited about that. And uh, yeah, come, uh, come find me on, on those places. Awesome. Um, and you can find my other podcast, Monster Rally Podcast, anywhere where you can get podcasts. You can check out my band, Backyard Superheroes. And you should check out all of our social media on Instagram and Facebook. We do not have a Twitter, I don't think. Do we have a Twitter? No, we don't have a Twitter. Instagram and Facebook. We're most active on the Instagram. Um, and also, if you like our show, give us a five-star rating or review on iTunes. We did get a five-star rating on iTunes that I want to read. And this comes from user Sith Sense. Great name. That is and a great name. And uh, they titled it Skankin' Jar Jar. Something we both appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Sith Sense said, glad I found this podcast. Great addition to what has come out so far. Thanks. So thank you, Sith Sense, for that review. Um, and please share the show, like, and review. It just helps us out and uh, will motivate me and Brian to do even more episodes. What do you think would be the quote from the Sith Sense movie? Would it be, say, I, I see Dead Jedi? Yes. Yes. Dude, that is a spoiler for a... 22-year-old movie. Yeah. I, is it? Am I out of the, the, the worry zone after 22 years? I think so. Sixth Sense and Phantom Menace came out in the same year. Do you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, 1999. Let me run down some movies that came out in 1999. Um, the Sixth Sense, Austin Powers Part 2, Phantom Menace, The Matrix, American Beauty. I mean, right there, that's just hit after hit after hit. Yeah, I love that you me put, starring uh, Brendan Fraser, one of my all-time favorite movies. I, I love that you put Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me, in the same boat as as like The Matrix. <laughs> Actually, of all those movies I just named, The Matrix is the one I like the least. I'm not a big Matrix fan. Oh man, the first Matrix, amazing. Second and third, okay. You know why I remember that Austin Powers came out that year? Because they had a great trailer. It was a Super Bowl trailer. And it said, if you see one movie this summer, see Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. But if you see two movies this summer, see Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. And I'm like, that is a, a terrific, just a, a really fun marketing campaign. I always loved those movies anyway, uh, although I will say, like, the character Fat Bastard was not, was pretty gross. But, 
but uh, I'm a huge fan of Seth Green, and he was hilarious in those. Uh, smaller part, but always made me laugh. Scotty, don't. Right. Like, well, just the, the... Can you imagine if Luke was raised by Darth Vader and, like, threw fits the way <laughs> he does, like... I hate you. I hate you. I wish I was never artificially created in a laboratory. <laughs> so I like in our, our Star Wars movie that we're going to make, it's uh, it's about Luke being raised by Darth Vader and creepy uncle Palpatine and Yoda coming over with his baked goods all the time. <laughs> yeah. He's the neighbor that won't leave him alone. Mm, and try these. You must. Fine. We will eat more of your cranberry bliss bars or whatever. Sorry, that's probably copyright by Starbucks. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't even, I never even heard of that. You know, a lot of cookies. I worked at Starbucks for eight years. That's one of their Christmas treats. Oh, okay. Well, I think that's all we got to cover today. Thank you for your time, Brian. Thank you for your time, everybody, for listening to us indulge in cookies and Yoda and all the craziness we talk about here on Starlight Beacon, but mostly our love for High Republic. Get, re- get your rest, everybody, because there's a lot of books that you're going to be reading in the next couple months, and we're all very excited for us. So for Brian, this is Gary saying we are all the Republic, and I love snickerdoodles. <laughs>